But we are, we already were ready. He just wanted us on our toes. Toes. All right, there we go. We're live. We are live. You gotta do your introduction. Welcome to Bay Floor Discussions. Okay, I'll do it like John does. Welcome to Bay Floor Discussions. Thank you for inviting me. Whoa. Hey guys, how are you? Uh, episode 19, is that what we uh, figured out? 19. Yes. Something like that. We just gotta get this one over so that we can do another one so we can hit 20. We gotta hit 20. We have to. And then after that, it's probably gonna be like right, after 30. That, forget it. You know, whatever. We might we might be able to do episode 20 right after this if this blizzard outside continues like it is. It's true. That's uh, kind of a tradition for how we started this. It actually is. Yeah. yeah. If we don't yeah. leave three times during this podcast, <laughs> then we probably just didn't do anything. Uh, I think we lost more snowpack uh, this morning from the rain than we're going to gain from the oh, for rest sure. of the snow. That it comes. is sticking to the ground now, though. It's white out there. Yeah. Blizzard. Good thing. When snow will be on last weekend? It'd be mud right now. Yeah. Mudmobiling. Oh, Mudmobiling. Nice. That's a that's a different season. <laughs> different machine. Hey, uh, public safety announcement. Time change tonight. Oh, that's right. Bummer. We lose an hour. Yep. You're, you're opening up with a pet peeve of mine already. I say, can we just get yes, rid of sir. it? Yes, <laughs> sir. Just sleep later. No, it's, it's not. Fine. It's not that. We've it's now fine. ruined the six-month battery change because oh. we've spread it out. Whoa. That was Eric, just to make everybody sure that it was his fault. Yes. Yeah. Sorry, it's the OCD thing where you have that very even six-month battery well, life, and well, now it's three months and ten months or something ridiculous like that, or was it late November to early March? Yeah. The whole thing should just be abolished and abandoned. Right. Change of clocks. Sometime, Chris says, change of batteries. <laughs> Correct. Any clocks? If probably you want. I'll, probably I'll do it in your smoke detectors and your CO detectors, too. Just If you want. Yeah. Overachiever. Right. <laughs> Should be done every week if you read the label on the back of the smoke detector. There's an old saying that only a white man could cut off a foot off the top of his blanket, sew it on the bottom of his blanket, and think he has a longer day, or long, longer blanket. Why do you have to be racist? Yeah, I'm just wondering <laughs> the same thing. I didn't know that was that type of podcast. No, I saw it, that. It, it just is. to be I clear, I would say that that would be a Native American <laughs> phrase. So. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> In reference to farmers, which change their time. There's a lot of explaining for people that don't have critical thinking skills. All right. so. <laughs> that came from Chris Wentworth, chief of Denmark Fire Department. That's okay. I like to skip over the critical uh, thinking. Yeah. Yeah, fights. It's, it's rough. <laughs> Is that even a thing anymore? What? Critical thinking. It's not. I didn't think so. I'm, I'm done with it. <laughs> yeah, what was once a, uh, a good thing, good skill to have is now just a hindrance. Right. So you guys had a, uh, we'll jump right into it. it, had a conference you went to this weekend, right? Several of us. 
Nobody jump in at once. Right. Go we easy. Settle down. We did. We, we went to another New England Fools conference. Summit. Lecture? Summit. Northeastern Summit. There we go. That's what we did. At least someone paid attention. I did. <laughs> well, for the <laughs> couple hours he was actually there. <laughs> wow. All right. You guys want to go in detail? <laughs> or is it just like, yeah, we went. Yeah, we went. Well, it's we, all we Eric's fault that we're there, so we'll let him talk about it. Oh, I, I was letting you guys talk about it. It was your first experience. So, Well, John's second. Yep. But what? We went, and there was, what, over 100 people in the room, I think? Over 100, they over, said. Yeah. 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 We saw nine presenters over a three-day period, Friday night, all day Saturday, and three-quarters Sunday. Yep. Who hosted it? Like where? New, New England Fools, and it was at, in Wells at the Village by the Sea is where they have it. Nice. It was actually, a, in addition to the nuts and bolts presentations, there was two presentations on uh, firefighter mental, or first responder mental health, uh, PTSD, uh, mental trauma, um, which was very helpful, very sobering, mm. uh, unfortunately. Very sobering. I mean, you just watched it, and you're just, in my head, I was just like, check that box, check that box, check that box. I'm like, I'm in trouble. Especially, especially <laughs> after two nights of drinking in the danger. hotel room. <laughs> Doing that right now. <laughs> it was good. I enjoy going to the summits because it's not the same topic for three days. Like, they had ladder truck topics and the mental health topics and well, what else did we talk about there's hoarding houses and two men in a truck engine ops and yeah that actually i forgot about the two men in a truck so that one was about a two-man ladder crew and what they could do to initially basically soften the target just get there <clears throat> a lot of what they talked about was positioning not just parking making sure your apparatus are where they're supposed to be and getting the essentials done basically as fast as you can actually it was a it was a presenter from new york city and yep. a presenter from, from boston, boston. Yep. that compared the two cities and their ladder trucks and then also brought to the table whether you had one or didn't have one you have to still do ladder operations in that in that role so it mixed the crowd up pretty good nice it good conversation it did bring to light that around here we don't do what they consider ladder truck operations at all no like we don't go and soften the target we typically when we vent we vent way too late and it's just it's just something that we don't typically do around here that's i took that that was a big thing for me that i took from that nice and we I also learned that the firefighters from across new england are huge fans of artisanal homemade soap <laughs> Yeah, uh, yep. Yeah, One of the presenters was giving away um, his own homemade soap for people who were actively engaging with him by answering questions or wow. asking and questions. It, 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 it was hilarious because he was like, I get it. I'm a firefighter paramedic, but I'm also a male nurse who makes his own soap. Just get it out of your system now. I get it. <laughs> Fair. Yep. People were answering questions without actual answers just to be able to get the soap. <laughs> And then the last, the last presenters of the words. weekend that did the mental health version, they gave out soap too, but it was the soap they stole from the hotel. <laughs> they didn't That's want to be awesome. outdid, so they went around and stole all the soap from the hotel to hand it's out. It's amazing. Care. Acquired, I'm sure. Uh, yes. Yes. Yeah. Allegedly. Allegedly. Allegedly acquired. They said they had permission, but I'm oh, not yeah. sure if they really did. It was yeah. funny, though. It was a good weekend. 
That's, yeah, the, uh, that, the, that's what I would expect from a conference like that. Yep. The old bagpiper from Dropkick Murphys, yeah. who happened to be a full, was a full-time firefighter paramedic in Florida, right? Uh, California, I thought. Uh, no, Florida. Uh, the soap guy was from St. Pete's, Fort Lauderdale. He and uh, uh, the other presenter, George, were from... Uh, Tampa. He's from Tampa. Oh, Tampa. I thought they met in California or something. I don't know. They did meet in California, yeah. yes, at the uh, the counseling center. Yep. Um, and it brought to light that even in 2015, well, even today, how many departments still ignore PTSD and mental health? Like the stories of what they had to go through, and they're still going through with their unions and uh, their states and um, command structure. It was just surprising that they still had to do that. I did one of the table next to us was a firefighter from Portland, and he gave me the name and phone number of the assistant chief in Portland, um, who had gotten permission from his chief to tell any fire department in the state who needs help. Portland is willing to provide that assistance. They have, it sounds like they have a pretty substantial um, peer counseling they, uh, group in Portland. Both both uh, police and fire have have really jumped onto the critical incident stuff the peer support debriefs that kind of stuff they've they they have done very well with that because yeah, a lot of us smaller towns just don't have the resources uh, right to to be able to provide that in-house yep now i know we've talked about this before but casco is um you've talked with them before the, the town office as far as there's some form of plan or uh, a, at least a structure of what would happen if there was a, uh, we'll call it a, a critical mental health issue with someone. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So yep. You, you that's one of the things is that I texted Chief and I was like, um, I was like, I may not agree with you on your truck purchases. Well, one thing that amazes me is that he supports the mental health aspect of it. Where listening to that um, lecture, I was surprised that a lot of the bigger departments don't. Mm. So I gave him kudos for that. Like your trucks may suck, but I like your <laughs> <laughs> I like that you support your people. Well, it's difficult because you're not just working with the fire department; you're working with the town. What is the town willing to offer your firefighters with a mental health yeah. issue, and that, or I mean, any of, any of your uh, your municipal workers' mental health issues? I mean, we talk about it from the firefighter standpoint, firefighter or medic, but day-to-day -day people have mental health issues beyond PTSD that. Yeah. You know, why aren't employers... Uh, yeah. And to me, I mean, I think that's part of my responsibility to advocate for my people, for the guys in this house. Um, I need to advocate across the street and make sure that they understand that it's, it's something that we have to actively engage in. It's not, oh, yeah, here's a phone number and, and you know, right. good luck. Um, so that's... To me, that's an administrative role that um, myself as a chief and, and any other administrative position, you need to advocate that. Absolutely. Um, and I think, um, you know, in the last couple of years, it's really, really taken shape because it, I'm a constant face over there. 
so it's not a it's not a voicemail every now and again from somebody in another building it's something someone they can relate to and and is there yeah so yeah it makes a big difference um whether you're dealing with somebody that uh like you said you can put a face to you can put a personality to because even if they they know who you are they need to know you as a person before right. they'll take before they'll take you seriously or yep. before your thought comes to mind or you as a person or a department head comes to mind when they're in a meeting or they're right. in uh going through numbers or whatever they have to figure out to make it work yeah yeah what do you think it, it's also tougher i think for those of us who are all on call departments you're here somewhat nine to five you're interacting with your day crews or your, your per diems yeah I, i'm assuming that is that correct yeah well and that's why i said in the last couple of years because this is this is a new position for us and what i thought um was we were doing a pretty good job uh, when I started full time, I was way off the mark. <laughs> like I was, I was at the time not knowing. I thought we were we were doing well, we we're doing okay. Um, but then once I got in the door full time, I was really surprised at the things that weren't happening um, yeah. that I that I didn't know about. And it wasn't it wasn't anybody anybody's fault. It was just those things that you don't those day-to-day -day tasks that don't they don't uh, occur to someone well we can move on I'll save my thoughts for later on in the conversation but we'll stick to this one but the for the us on-call departments tones drop we come in we go out we come back from a traumatic call and then people are putting gear away they're getting into their vehicles and they're going back home away. again yeah and I always try to check in when we, we've <laughs> Unfortunately, in Denmark, in the past two years, um, roughly used to average maybe one or two um, deaths that we attended a year, car accident, mostly cardiac arrests, um, illnesses, things like that. The last two years, and I, I believe it has nothing to do with COVID, I'll preface it by saying that, we've had over a dozen uh, fatal um, <laughs> accidents um, or fatal incidents that we've had to respond to, Yeah, which yeah. your folks and yourself that you keep going and seeing dead people that you can't help over and over again right. um, can certainly it, it's not that one trauma child call that everyone remembers and has the nightmares and, and the thoughts about it's that cumulative small little like are you being more and more inured to the fact that you're around death or are you yeah. just that little bit at each time takes a little bit more out of you and then where's that breaking point right um, so we, and it could be something s super small that is actually the breaking point correct Yep, that's the thing is where does that actual breaking point tip? Yeah. Um, but the goal, the goal is to have that in place so we can identify if there's a tipping point and what resources do we need and can we get right now so that tipping point doesn't happen. And, and you have to have the conversation. There, there's no other way to do it. You have to have the conversation. As awkward and as tough it is, as it is, you need to grab that person one-on-one, -on -one, not in a group setting, not and it can be down in the kitchen while they're making a sandwich who cares um but you got to check in and and you have to you have to um reinforce that there are things if you need something and you don't know where to go i can help you you don't have to come to me i have resources that i can get to you and i won't even be in the middle of it um and i think for 
for that, uh, I think for at least my staff, um, I know I know of a few who have who have acted on that, and I'm glad. Um, so, but it's that you just have to constantly have the conversation. Sure. Yep. And I, again, not trying to throw this back at you, but just a different perspective. I, you can go downstairs from your office to the kitchen and check in with right. that person. I've got to go and find them in their own kitchen or their yep. own backyard or yep. at the store or some make some sort of uh, <coughs> opportunity, and I have to take the effort to go find them right. individually yep. um, to try to and make it's, sure it's that they're tough. okay. It's absolutely it, tough. It is. Yep. I, I was there before I, I was here. So, I know. Yep, you I, know, I, I do, um, yes. And so it's, there's, no, there's no easy way. There's no playbook that you can go by. There's, you just got to stay active, yep. you know, if it's a phone call. If that's all you can get is them to answer the phone and and that that's better than nothing that's better than 10 years or 15 or 20 years ago where i think john always says it you just bury that stuff deep down inside and then charge ahead yeah. something like that i kind of paraphrased it but you know i don't remember <laughs> but he, i mean he you stuffed know, that so far down inside <laughs> that he doesn't remember yeah I, yeah I do try to uh not every single call, but I will often send a text message out to members who respond to a call and say, hey, thanks for coming. Yep. Uh, thanks for doing, thanks for helping with the traffic, whatever it happens to be. Just that yep. small little thing of trying to keep that communication open so that outside of the station, they know that I'm open for communication with them. Yep. Yep. So for 100%. the on-call departments, I think that's one of the biggest things. If you have one of your officers, it doesn't need to be a chief, but I mean, even your base firefighters can do it too. But when somebody actually takes the time to reach out to you, that means more than not to take anything away from you, but walking downstairs and saying, you know, yep. hey, how's it going? Yep. If your chief just reaches out to you and, like, doesn't need to be anything important, doesn't need to be after a traumatic call, just reaches out and says, hey, what do you, what do you think about how things are going on right now? You know, do you have any problems? Anything bothering you in life, at the department, at anything? A phone call or a text message without any prompting is is huge i think you know and i'm also trying to get outside of the fire service too like for example the other day jim bobs got lucky with a gas delivery and they were able to drop the price to 409 a gallon so i sent texts out to everybody in the department and said hey is jim that Bob an actual store yeah jim bobs general store i'm sorry i was like <laughs> it's the commercial district of denmark nice nice okay um, little plug for jim bobs there you go they're, hey they're a great supporters of our department no, too absolutely um, yep. but well, no they're check. downtown denmark is jim bobs it's the general store it's the sandwich the pizza yep. place the yep. nice. gas station everything else but they dropped the price to 409 a gallon so i simply sent out a text to everybody in the department and said Hey, just so you know, go make sure you fill up your vehicles because they don't know when the price is going to go back up with the next delivery. Because that was about twenty to thirty cents cheaper than the three yeah. or two quarter gas prices. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I, I agree. Ed. It, it's not just the. I don't want to always be the fire chief. I'm, and I also realize you've got to be careful as a chief between that line of being friendly with someone and being friends with someone right. in that supervisory role. Um, but yeah, it, just it trying never to hurts it, just to send out a random text. Yeah. No. Well, I think John had talked about that before too. The uh, you don't shouldn't have to worry about the the friend boss line. <laughs> that you can be a friend and a boss. It takes a little extra work. Agreed. You know, a, so a, a lot of extra a, a work. lot of extra work. Right. Yeah. 
but um, like I've harped on over and over again, it's just set your expectations. Everybody needs to know what's going on. We want everybody knows what's going on. Nobody's surprised if things go bad. Right. Transparency. Transparency. What do you? When you click buttons and mess with cables, things go south real quick. Well, we have two comments. Eric Field said Scott Sutter Jr. Eric Field said Anita Chadbourne Field. Really? I'm just trying to get people to watch. (laughs) I know. I was just reading comments. (laughs) We have anybody on right now? Uh, We had four viewers, and they just bailed. (laughs) They're like, this is too depressing. PTSD, way to kill that on a Saturday. Let's get into the exciting stuff of in-person training. Right? I think we should talk about Ed's Ed's, Ed's anger. Ed's anger. And then we'll do training. How's that? I mean, it's a lot of what we just talked about. I'm I'm getting pretty burnt out with dealing with, uh, without getting any support from... uh, outside of my department and th- not me personally it's just in general uh, I don't want to say community support for my department I was going to say so do you mean do you mean support from other people or places or support within the community I, I, like, I, like I said I don't really want to say the community because if you reach out to any individual person no one's ever going to say we don't support the fire department. Right. But it always seems like no matter what we do, it's a fight to stay. It's a battle. Yeah. yeah. It, it's You're constantly explaining yourself, good, bad, or indifferent. And it's like, why, why am I wasting my time working as much as I can for, for you? You know, it sucks because you want to work for the people of the town. You don't work for the people of the town. You work under the town. Yeah. And so if I were explaining myself to the townspeople, that's one thing. I would be happy to tell them what's going on, how and why I've done whatever I have done. But when you've got the people on the other side that are just, they're just trying to poke holes. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) And the more they do that, the more the people within the department kind of bicker uh-huh you know and it's really really easy to armchair quarterback all that stuff and it just it turns everything into a nightmare like mm. why it doesn't become firefighting anymore it's it's politically defending yourself on everything and i just don't it don't aggravates like it. me <laughs> so sometimes for your mental health you just need to back away and let them do their own thing and let them fail. Like I've been where you are constantly arguing with people. No, I've, I've, like, I've been here, this is what happens. Like I've done this before. And they ignore your advice and sometimes you just need to shut up, detach, back away and just watch the world burn. <laughs> it's, like, it's difficult. I have a rule, so, like I'll, I'll warn people two to three times. After that, you're not listening, have fun. Right. The switch is off. Yeah. It, but it's, I guess it's how much you remove yourself from it. Because do, oh, ju- do you just stop responding to calls? Do you, do you, do you literally well, put in a, re- it not a resignation, you. but a, a, It depends on you. Yeah. It's individual based. If you are getting burnt out to the point that you don't want to do this anymore, it's time to step back. Right. Right. It's funny because um, 
It was a per- after the last podcast, I upset a, a person who got angry that I said that when I go home, I shut off my radio because I need a break. Well, he said, well, he, he clearly wants my job, but he's like, <laughs> he's like, well, if I was deputy chief, I wouldn't shut my radio off. Brian needs help, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, just, that's fine. That's what you do. But then at the training, we had psychiatrists that say, you need a break. You need to take a step back or if you're getting burnt out. So you're going to have people that are going to give you crap for stepping back. But oh, it's, it's about you. It's not about them. They have their own agenda. You need to take care of yourself. But it's So it's not like a, a burnt out as far as I don't want to do this anymore? Because this, right, this, this is you what I to, enjoy. It's, that's why I mean by it's per, it goes off of each individual. It's right? more of a frustration. Right. So like if you don't want to, you clearly want to firefight but you don't want to do certain aspects of it. If they're giving you a hard time and you're trying to, you're going off to your blue in your face, step back, say, okay, I'm done. You guys handle this. I'll just go and be a firefighter. Right. That's, that's why I like my job at the other department because I just sit back and all I have to be is a firefighter paramedic. Right. It's mint. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. It's funny hearing this from somebody else because it's exactly what I'm going through uh, right now and what, what I, I mean, have like, been through. I've been over here biting my tongue because I don't know... I'm just like you. I don't know how to say it, how to approach it. But the department I was working for, I saw the standards start dropping. Some stuff started to, I felt, put me in jeopardy. So I had to make a decision, and I had to walk away. I worked, uh, this is my 27th year. I worked a long time to get to the position I was in, and it felt like that's all I was, was holding that position. I wasn't allowed to use any of my education. I was going out and taking classes that nobody cared that I took. And so I step back and that's another part of it though we've touched on it a, a few times is that you know you find these firefighters that will take the certifications they need to to get to a certain point and for one and done's right mm-hmm. and all of us sitting here going well that's silly why would you do that you know there's so much more you can learn you can protect yourself you can protect others well you you take all these classes and now suddenly not only did they not support you to take the classes in the first place but now that you have that information they kind of want to extort it you know they they mm. want you to start doing trainings for this and that <laughs> and now like yeah, yeah, now right? which is is fine I if you have, have the support for it <laughs> if you yeah. if you have the structure for it i'd i'd love to te- I, that's why i've taken those classes i want to teach those skills right however if you put me in charge of teaching those skills setting up the classes setting up the schedule organizing the payments uh or if it's not payments reaching out to all the other departments when something falls through and now that schedule doesn't work now i'm in charge now, of changing now it's that. your fault and everything you, have to change, yeah. you know and then i've got other departments reaching out to me hey why don't i have a certificate from blah 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 well, it was never a certificate course. I was just sharing yeah. the skills. That's now, what was asked of me. And now, are they only asking you to, to pass on the knowledge that you went out and got to the rest of the people and then not letting you have any control over anything else? Because that's the way I felt. I felt like... It's hit I've, or miss. I've joked around with a bunch of the chiefs in the area. Matter of fact, I've joked around with Chris about it, about just being wanted for my signature. I felt like people wanted me to come on board to teach their people the stuff that I learned, the stuff I worked for, just so I could sign that bottom of that paper to get them their certificates. Well, and that's ex- all I was good for. It's an expectations issue again. you know. And it was really frustrating because I'm like, I can do more. Like I just spent three years on a fire officer course 
and I felt like some of the places that I wanted to use it was almost like they didn't want me to because it would make them feel inferior or, or I don't know what the word would be appropriately, but I just don't think they wanted me to be part of that because it makes somebody look bad or make them think that they looked bad. Well, Ed said it Instead earlier, of being part of the team. It was, it's the good old boy mentality, the good old boy club. And it, people will feel threatened if you try to improve yourself and make yourself more valuable, um, then, then people take that as a, a, an attack. Yeah, one thing you got to remember is that it's not about you. We learned that this last weekend, hmm. is that if somebody's attacking you for your training and your education, it's a reflection on them. So they I should feel say that, too. I, I've never been and attacked. So Nobody, I know. I, know I, I didn't mean attack, but that was just saying. I, I know it's a reflection saying. on you. And the whole... Um, Training somebody than making them work. I actually did that to the chief with the instructor class. He's like, yeah, 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 we'll do an instructor class. I go, awesome, pick a chapter. And he's like, oh. <laughs> so what you just said, I did. <laughs> this week, I'm sorry, actually. Yeah. But hey, here's I guess I have to apologize. Sign this, and well, uh, that's, you, that's you've the got most, these chapters. It's the best officer's apology I've ever heard. I guess I, I, yeah. I guess well, I you got forced to a chapter. I didn't even know I was teaching the class until I got the email my name on it. Oh, well. That's not true. True. We, when we, uh, I, I'm not going to tell the story, but yeah, when we talked to that guy, yeah, yeah. But well, the last class, he just didn't say anything; just asked for my social security number. And I was like, what, what that's we? true too. Gonna get, that was because he was shopping on Amazon. Got to get a new credit card. <laughs> no, but I, I feel a lot the same way, Ed. And and like I said, I I felt like I was being held back from what I could do and what I wanted to do, and that was my biggest frustration. It's like I didn't feel like I was getting you. I still don't feel like I'm getting used for what I could actually do. Right. Because nobody wants you to listen to used. what the stupid kid wants to say. <laughs> right. What do you think, Chris? Do you have that? Yes, and I guess I want to put in a little perspective of the person on the other side. Because I've really been trying to do that and putting myself in the shoes of my members when I'm frustrated where they're not taking advantage of the training opportunities that are there. Um, and a good example is the Firefighter 1-2 bridge course that Freiburg is hosting right now. Um, is that I have, started, by the way? Uh, no, we start Tuesday. Tuesday. And you still haven't sent me anything. About what? You were supposed to send me the whole curriculum and, and let me know when you needed help. I didn't know you were helping. We could talk about that after <laughs> the podcast. <laughs> e even I knew that, Brian. Sorry. It's fine. Okay. Everything's fine. Okay. So anyway, so, back to the bridge course. <laughs> Here we go, me making Brad, Brad feel bad again. That's what I do. So, so wait, that I, started? What? No, I'm just joking. All we had was the orientation meeting oh. and talked about scheduling. The oh. class actually starts on Tuesday. When was the orientation meeting? You were there. You, oh. would know. <laughs> you were sitting in the back. You would know if you paid attention. So apparently you didn't say anything to Brian either. Ooh. We figured you were too busy. Budgets and all that stuff. Always Anyways, I as you were saying, it's going on. It's going on till June. We got time. It's fine. Sorry. So I, over the past several years, past four years or so, I've had members go through the BLS course, which we can all choke on whether Maine should have BLS or not. But to put that aside, they were able to get through that course, which is certainly shorter than the firefighter one two as far as time commitment. So now we have this really unique opportunity for the first time ever in the state that MFSI is allowing a bridge course to take people from BLS, an abbreviated course to get them over into, uh, be able to get through the pro boards one and two. 
it's still a pretty large time commitment, especially in this day and age where people are working multiple jobs. They've got family time. So individually, I went to several of my members and they each had their own, what I consider legitimate reasons for not being able to commit fully to the course because two nights a week or every other, and every other Saturday it is a lot to ask of someone in a normal time, never mind where we are right now. Yeah. Um, and they're also looking at it in that, again, we are, Denmark is a small rural community. We are have a pretty active call volume, but not a lot of fire, to be honest with you. Yep. But when there is fire, we all need to be safe and trained in order to be able to do that. Right. Um, but they don't have any ambitions of going on to go work at a larger town or city as a firefighter. They are volunteering for the community because they want to help out. They have no ambitions of going beyond Denmark. So it's not like there's a financial incentive for them or even personal incentive to get that more to get that certificate at the end each one of them and it's what made me really happy and proud each one of them that i talked to had said but is there any chance i can come to the classes that i'm available for will they allow me to come on saturdays when i have a day off or if i can get a night off and i can get some childcare, or i can rearrange my work schedule where i can come and learn because anything i can get from you would be would be helpful and working with the instructors and as long as the class doesn't fill up they they're amenable to that idea of having some of them come in and be able to audit classes yeah um, which that that's to me that's a huge step for them to make because they didn't have to do that right. but they're still wanting to learn and, and i've got to understand that if you have you're in the middle of a uh, busy work schedule where you work five and a half days a week taking a half day off on a saturday is a large financial cost to you yeah. um, and yeah. uh, the same thing with people who have uh, family life and maybe there's issues in the family they've got to be there for their kids and their spouses that's another issue so it, yeah. it, it, they're making responsible respectful decisions not to get the full training but they're still not just saying well I'm not going to do it if you want me to do that much time so they're saying can I get that extra yeah um, which is awesome training in there yeah and if I was to force everyone to say you can only be an interior firefighter for the town of Denmark if you have a pro board firefighter one two, I wouldn't have a department. Yeah. Simply put. Yeah. So BLS training has been my <coughs> biggest issue because I will not sign a certificate that says you meet BLS standards. I won't. I I refuse to. And I hope anyone listening to this marks my words. Because at least in my area, <laughs> I just signed for you, Ed. Ed that's too. fine. Uh, <laughs> the I work under your your curriculum and your classes when I'm here, anyway. So, yeah. but as the lead instructor, I won't sign off on it. Because at least in my area, the chief's understandings are that more or less they can sign off on their own students. Perfect. What I'm going to give them is a certificate, or not a certificate, but like a uh, I participated basically a participation skills uh, agreement sure. and I will hand over my curriculum this is what they were taught to they had to pass within this amount of um, understanding this is how the class went these were their skills this was their test and I will sign off on that all day long and I'll do it for every every skills set that's been given for main bureau of labor standards but I will not, as a whole curriculum, say that you have 
met those standards and give you a BLS certificate. Does that make sense? So I won't put my name on your firefighter. I won't. Why? Because I don't believe every department has the same understanding of what BLS is. Okay. Because I don't want that person who's just learning what they need to learn for their department to be interior to now think that they can go to any other department in that area and do the same thing. Because a lot of times what happens is these different departments have asked me to teach their students in a different way. I mean, I won't, I won't go extreme. I'm still going to make sure that when I sign off on them, they've learned what they need to learn per um, whatever curriculum I use, be it Jones and Bartlett or uh, IFSTA. IFSTA, whatever, you know. Uh, and I've got, is it 12 different modules? I don't remember what BLS is. But the, whatever the top. The problem with BLS is it's not IFSTA or Jones and Bartlett. If you get the BLS curriculum from the state, it's the state's curriculum. Right. So those, those topics handed to me by the state, yep. I will cover given whatever resource I have. And I will make sure the students can pass a knowledge check, a written knowledge check to within 80%. And then they need to do a skills test on it as well. They need to have some sort of practical test. You know, you can't really do that with one of the modules is history, whatever. But anything that is a practical skill, they need to have a physical practical skills test on it. And I'll sign off that they've done that. But I won't say as a whole they are a BLS firefighter. And that has caused a bunch of issues. I'm sure and it has. That, that is a, a again, a... a you, you need to know what you're expecting and expectations, you know. It's back limit. to what I was saying about standards. This right. is going to be a set standard, and by doing it, that way you don't know what the standard is going forward because it's not locked in with the Bureau of Labor Standards part. Right. And I agree with the same thing. I, I don't like the one and done. I think whether you get a certificate or not, you need to continue your education. Right. But when I've been asked to teach these skills and then a student shows up halfway through the class and then six months later a somebody's asking me why this student doesn't have a certificate you know I don't even I get so frustrated that I don't even want to one answer the text two look through my records to figure out what they have and haven't done you know it, that's that's the frustration for me you're getting burnt out yeah you can't get yourself bogged down like, if the person doesn't complete the coursework or they don't or they show up every time but can't physically do it or can't mentally do it. And I've seen that at several BS classes. It's not an automatic just show up to every class and you're gonna get a certificate at the end. I've seen instructors who have not signed off and not allowed someone to complete the course because of various reasons that I'm not gonna get into, but it, it, it's, it's up to the instructor to provide that quality and carefully monitored experience. It's up to the chiefs to take an active role in the training too. And I, I try to participate and come and visit and watch the training that's going on, help prepare in the preparation for it, so I know that what my guys are going to get. I don't want to just sit in my office, send and them I've off, heard, and say, "Bring me back a certificate." And I'm going to send you into a building. I've heard that before too. Why did you teach them this way? Because it met the standards, and that's the way I was taught. You have another way. We can. I will work with you, and we can both teach them. I'm not going to because that's not the way I do it. 
You know, <laughs> sure. And, but as John mentioned, you've got to fall back on what the state standard is. Right. And there is a standard, and it's the full expectation that a BLS class should meet those minimum standards. Right. If it goes above and beyond, and you've got the time to do it, that's awesome. And that's um, a phrasing issue too, because what they've heard is a BLS class. I'm not teaching a BLS class. I am teaching a class that will teach BLS skills. And I think that's where I kind of come up with that. I'm not signing off on your BLS class student. I'm signing off on some BLS skills that I've taught them. So you need to re rename your program. I didn't name anything. <laughs> well, how, how, however you present your program, you need to make sure that, like you've always said, that the expectations laid out that right. this is what you're offering and it's not what they think it is. So it just... it comes full circle here that somebody has asked me to teach these skills I say yes I will teach these skills next thing I know it has been presented to students as a BLS class and then next thing I know beyond that is that it's been marketed to, or yeah. not marketed because that makes it sound like money well, is involved it's like but this it's been um, promoted promoted it's like this bridge class one of the requirements that I have as one of the leads is that you have to have a Bureau of Labor Standards or higher certificate from the state of Maine, from MFSI or MFTE, however old you went back, but it has to have a Maine state, a Maine MFSI stamp on it somewhere, yeah. or you can't be in my class because I need to have a baseline. Yep. And if you took your whatever the minimum requirements are, Utah or Colorado, I don't know what that is. I have no idea what level you are, but I know in the state because I've taught here long enough where that standard is might not be exactly how john and i teach it might not be exactly how you and chris teach it but at least i know the curriculum that they had to meet for the state to put their stamp on it right. See, so i'm kind of leaning on that as my foundation to start off with and i've already got a couple guys in question where they were showing us our certificates the other night and i was like doesn't say the state of maine on that so you either need to find another piece of paper or this isn't the program for you because i at liability on me i've got to well that's that's, start them somewhere. that's part of our responsibility as instructors is we have to do it in a safe manner mm -hmm. we have to ensure that the standards are met i mean look that's on us so if we're saying sorry timmy um it doesn't that doesn't meet what yeah, we it's not mean. personal at all no and then we then we kind of fall back into the good old right. boy club of well i did that way back when and it, it doesn't matter. They set the standards for us, and as instructors, we follow them. I view the, because I come from EMS first, is I view it as like BLS is your emergency medical first responder. Fire one is your basic. Fire two is your intermediate. And as you go on, you go up to like a paramedic. And the problem is, is like, uh, what class was I teaching? Anyway, somebody taught them more, a more advanced search technique, which there are better ways to search a room than the standard I grab onto your foot with a desk grip because I'm scared, <laughs> and we scrape the floor. I mean, there are quicker, faster, better ways. You, have to, you have to include isolate with that, though. No, the I silent. <laughs> it was the thing, V-E-S, and they said V-E-S is the same as V-E-I-S. They just added the I because I don't know why, because they wanted to add the isolate part. And that throughout the whole weekend, they're like, no, it's VES, the I silent. But anyway, there's like that, VES, there's a whole separate class for that. But as instructors, we're teaching, but you don't teach paramedic skills to a basic, is basically what I'm getting at. Same thing with a BLS class, is you teach the minimum standards per main BLS. We're not teaching them advanced host techniques. We're not teaching them VES. We're not teaching them anything like that. 
we follow the curriculum and then as they if they can want to continue on and learn they'll get more advanced skills they'll build on that and build on that the problem is is people aren't doing that and the frustration that I also have in the area is if you look at our region, a lot of the officers and people that are getting in higher decision-making levels are only hitting that medium mark. They're only doing the minimum. And that scares the shit out of me. I think you also need to keep in mind that not everyone has to advance. EMR, for example, let's say you, you brought it up, so let's use that as an example. Well, I brought it up as that's how I, I view I, the steps. I understand. But and no, no one, we need basics. We need intermediates. Departments can't afford to have a crew of all paramedic firefighters too, because then we'd go break, broke, bro. Ugh. Holy crap! Can't you know all new tricks? Facebook broke. is about to watch me have a stroke. <laughs> <laughs> but we need every aspect of that. I think what he's getting at is people are being put into situations that he feels that they're not trained to handle. Correct? Or I don't feel comfortable with it. Yeah. Right. And that's yeah, where so you, uh, at, that's where adequate supervision comes in mm -hmm. place. Right. So uh, let me the, going back to the EMR. So you have someone who goes and gets their EMR, 48, yep. 56 hour course, whatever it is. Yep. They're in a town like Denmark. We're a non-transporting first responder community. We have people who volunteer to join the department to come out and go help their neighbors. Yep. And as if they get to the EMR level and they're licensed and legally able to respond to that call, and they make the effort to go beyond just getting their CEHs from the state in order to get their license renewed every two years. They're willing to go and the, to the main EMS conference out, at, uh, out on the coast that, that we have every year. And they're, they're willing to do different things like that. That's someone that I want to encourage to keep on the department. I, right. I don't expect them I don't to go disagree higher. With that. We need those EMRs. Right. What is more concerning is that EMR who comes out of that training and potentially goes to a department where there's not that adequate supervision. And now that person is trying to be Joe Hero running around with a giant right. backpack on, responding to calls direct and trying to go beyond their scope of practice. Right. And then also not trying to better themselves. We need pump operators. And if there's someone who takes doesn't even take the BLS class and doesn't even get the minimum BLS certificate, but is comes out and is able to respond to calls and will know that engine inside and out and will participate in department meetings and trainings and that is an asset that we need to not forget about oh yeah not no, everyone needs firefighter one two training. i 100 percent agree with you but what i'm what i was trying to to get at is that if you have something that's at the emr level that they stay there just stay in your lane if that's as far as you want to go and that's all you want to do that's where you stay you're not going to take that person and make him a chief correct if you do then you're taking on a huge liability that i don't feel comfortable with just me personally. I mean, you do what you want as a chief, but that's what I'm talking about. You don't take a guy that's firefighter one and make him the chief of the department. Well, you can unless he tries. To, I feel that that person should be bettering themselves and staying on top of stuff because they need to overlook everything. If you're a pump operator, you don't go run the aerial. You don't go run the ladder truck because you're not training that. You're training running pump. Right, but as a good super. So take here for instance, Brian's an EMT. Um, <laughs> he even admits it, you know, he, he barely uses the skills, but he follows orders, he gets stuff done, and he's, um, he stays in his lane, but he relies on me and his other officers, who are paramedics, mm -hmm. to go cover that advanced skills. So you can have somebody that's trained lower as long as they're relying on people that are trained to that level to handle that stuff. Yes, but also... 
because we're using Brian as an example, he also stays educated, still right. takes classes, even though they're not right. above and beyond and he's getting certificate stuff, he's still keeping up with the times. Right. That's what I'm getting at. There's a lot of departments in the region that I've worked with or seen that don't keep up with the times. They're still back there. So if we can come back to Ed, since we started off with Ed's anger issues. Yep. Yeah, Ed's spreading the mind. I'm sorry. <laughs> I appreciate what you're saying and what your experience has been, but your responsibility of an instructor is to make sure that you're meeting the state standards because that's what it all comes back down to. There, there, there's standards that have been set by an authority having jurisdiction, and you're following through with that. You are making sure that your students are having a good experience and learning and they're actually participating and you and your you can go to sleep every night saying when I sign the bottom of that participation form or certificate whatever it happens to be I know that I've done everything to prepare them I, I feel like you are putting yourself too far down the line and that's not necessarily a bad thing of is this person going to be able to safely perform the skills under someone who may not have the best supervision and at some point you've got to just cut it off you're you're the instructor you're not their lifelong counselor yep. um and i don't know if that helps or not but it's, <laughs> it, it, it's you you can't get bound up in the what ifs if you've done your job to the absolute best that you can and you feel that you have prepared them as best that they're ready for the level that they're at and right. you're it. also sorry you're also relying on chiefs who have the mindset when they get those bls fighter fighters of they're not going to be the one who's going in there the first time. I've got to remember that they need more training. I've got to remember, I've got to, we may not go enter a building with two BLS firefighters. We may wait until mutual aid comes. But I think that's part of the problem. I think that's part of the problem that he's running into. Yes. Is they have that expectation that as soon as he signs that paperwork, they're good. good. They're, they're his first in crew. And I think that's, I don't want to take words out of your mouth, but, no, but I mean, listening that, to you talk, that kind of sounds what. So it's what you're all, it's all compounding. So it's um, yeah, that's what know, it does. That, that's <laughs> that's literally what we talked about. That's health. that's the um, that's the major concern is that these these students are going to go in um, being expected to know a lot more than they actually do. It will go back a little bit further that the officers are going to think these students know more than they do. We'll go back even further and say, I didn't even want to put them at the BLS level. I was just asked to teach some BLS skills, which is why I said it sometimes as a terminology issue. Yeah. I don't want to do a Bureau of Labor Standards, a main Bureau of Labor Standards class, or even teach main Bureau of Labor skills. I want to teach a basic firefighter skills. I, won't, I don't even want to call it a class because then it makes it sound like it's official. I will teach a series that goes from putting your gear on to tossing a ladder and I'll sign off that you've learned these skills and I will use a set curriculum that has been outlined as acceptable by the state. Because as an instructor one, I can't create a cur curriculum, right? Correct. Correct. So I can use an established curriculum. Correct. And given the requirements from the state, I can say, you know, these are your topics that you will need to know for the Bureau of Labor Standards. I will teach these classes in this series, and I will sign off that you have taken a class that has taught you these skills to this curriculum, to this standard. You need to meet 80% written, 
and you need to actively participate and accomplish a task if it's a physical task. I'll sign off on that. I'm happy to say that I signed off on that. I'm comfortable going to sleep at night, signing off, saying I've taught these skills and you meet these standards. If you come to me as a student or a chief expecting to have been taught a Bureau of Labor Standards class, that's not what I signed up for. The unfortunate part is I was approached to teach some skills and then it got presented to students as a BLS class and then it got presented to chiefs as a BLS class. And it, this is a specific example, but it happens all the time with other trainings. Hmm. You know, it it's can, certainly unfortunate, Ed, but that's where you've got to take that control of putting a stop to it. I, I, that, that's, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's a tough spot. So like, I, I, guess I have so people who are not trained. No offense to you. Okay, well, I'm not going to say no offense. Offense to you. <laughs> I'm not going to send my students to you if you are going in with that mindset because I want them to be building towards the BLS certification. Yeah. If I want to do a, hey, let's work on ladders because and whether you're a BLS certified or a firefighter too, every one of us needs refreshers constantly. So if I want to get a quality ladder class and you want to put it on for six hours on a Saturday, I'd be glad to come with you. And I'm not even really going to care about you signing off saying they did this other than we make sure that the, we follow the state standard that we get everybody to sign a training when they participate. So it's really what you want to provide and making sure the chiefs fully understand what you're doing. And it's unfortunate that it sounds like some chiefs went beyond the parameters of what you were offering to, right. and to, I, I, to do that. But This specific example feels like it's throwing a bunch of people under the bus, but that's what keeps happening and that's what's burning me out is that the expectations are not set and somebody gets an idea in their head of what you're going to teach and then suddenly when that doesn't happen, they're really upset about it. And it happens again and again and again because in my area you have different expectations for different tasks because there's so many departments with so few personnel that they're all interacting at the same time but they manage to keep their own kind of legacy traits I guess is kind of a way of putting it hmm. so when they hear you're teaching a ladders class great well, why did this person raise on a beam and that person raised by rung and this person thinks it's okay to lift with one person and that person feels like they need two people to lift that ladder? You know, just, just silly things like that. Mm. And it's just, it comes back to, um, why did you teach my students that way? This isn't what, this isn't what I expected. And I have to say, well, sorry. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe they need to be. Maybe you need to, um, and maybe it's a lost cause. Um, show them, <laughs> show them the curriculum, right? So and that they understand. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, I can have my own opinion on how a ladder should be raised, and every one of us here has our own opinion on how a ladder should be raised. Doesn't mean if it's right, wrong, or indifferent. But if you if you're giving them that information and this is what they're going to learn, you've done everything you can. Right. If they don't want their, their um, staff to do that, then they won't. Right. If they and don't unfortunately, care, it just so. never seems that organized. Yeah. It's a, 
somebody has asked me, even a, a, a firefighter asking me as a student, hey, can, you, can we do ladders on this day? Yeah, sure, we'll do ladders on this day. I'll let the chief know. Well, next thing I know, I've got people from other departments showing up because chiefs talk and whether or not they invited somebody yeah. or they that's why you they never let the chief know ed <laughs> they, you know, that was your problem a, in the first place do mis- not involve the chief misinterpretation of yeah. <laughs> i'm letting you know not to advertise this just letting you know because a student has asked me to do this so we're going to do it and then it turns into a well you offered to teach a class okay yep and these people from other towns needed it. Maybe okay. you just yep. need to take a break. Perfect. Yeah, no. <laughs> hundred, hundred bucks a person, cash, money. <laughs> right. So <laughs> Bring it, it's in. just, it, it's a constant snowball, these things that, and it's, it's so you like, feel like you're being taken advantage of. But on the other hand, no, kind of no, like no, what, no what Eric has said, no. I feel like I'm not being used to my potential a lot of times too. That a lot of times I'll get either not invited to a class that's in my area and I have to look around and go, why hasn't anyone asked me to participate in this? Or I'll be invited to participate in something, and then next thing I know, I'm the lead instructor, and I have not prepared for this at all because I just thought I was... See, nobody likes me, <laughs> so I know what my problem is. That's why I don't get invited hey, to places. Hey, for all I know, nobody likes me either. Like, I just haven't heard it yet. Like I said, so. <laughs> I'm sure Chief Wellworth can attest, the only time I get invited is when they want my signature. Other than that, stay away. <laughs> if they want something, I'm good. If not, don't even knock on the this door. This feels like an intervention. I know. Everybody's yeah, looking at does. me. I'm like, I think after this, we need to go out and have some drinks. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't we learn that's not the way to do it? Ed, just last week. Just take a that. step back. <laughs> Just take a step back. Yeah. That's and what the, you need to do. The, and the last thing, when you, after you take the step back and you come back in, it sounds like you might need to, if you're going to host something, maintain more control over the sign-up. Right. Make, control your curriculum, control your own advertising. And that's where that critical form comes in, is that the chief must sign off in order for someone to participate in a class. And I think that should be, regardless of the level of class, how simple or how or how involved it happens to be and then that gives you the opportunity before the class begins to say to the chief okay here's what's going to happen are you aware of this if it wasn't clear enough in my marketing materials right you okay yeah <laughs> do you want eric to come over and give you a hug no, no okay not today that doesn't help yeah we're gonna get through this <laughs> okay i'm gonna get text messages now with uh Grief counseling and whatever else. <laughs> well, you thought you didn't get invited to stuff before. I know, right? I've got the uh, phone number for the assistant chief down in Portland Perfect. on my truck. I'll get Perfect. that for you. <laughs> Actually, I got it right here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Like, like I said, now well, if we want to talk about my grief, it's the fact that nobody delivers pizza here. It's 2 in the afternoon and a snowstorm. So, No such thing as Grubhub in Casco. Oh. All right. What's next? Well, Now that we... That was hashed out Ed's issues. That was, that was about fifty-five minutes of uh, topic one, which was Ed's anger. Yeah. So let's see. You okay? Yeah. I'm great. Good. Can we mention a couple of the trainings that are coming up? Is that a good segue? I knew that's yeah. where we're going next. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's just get the whole training thing. So right actually, out of the way. so yeah, just let's hang let's on. April thirteenth. We're having a uh, PTSD, compassion fatigue training. Um, I can't remember the instructor, but it's going to be held in Naples, uh, 1,800 hours. Yep. Everyone's invited to that. 
Um, I think we have a limit of 25, so contact myself or Mike Lintu if you want to attend. Some people. When you say everybody, highly... you mean in the public safety field? Or are you talking in this room? Okay. In this room. <laughs> I'm just saying no. we're no, we're being watched and listened to by. More than three people, I think. Whoa. I know, especially Ed. It's mandatory. Naples gets <laughs> Naples gets flooded with four hundred people because John just invited Facebook. That's fine. <laughs> Would you like an online registration form so you can track your uh, registrants? Oh, I'm not that. Just call me. <laughs> okay. Call, call Mike. If you ever need it, let me know. I can help you out with that. Actually, I may. We'll just talk after. Okay. All right. What else? What other trainings? I just wanted to get that one out for Ed. Well, uh, John's now uh, regretting the fact that he invited me to be an instructor. In <laughs> it's in the fall, though, right? <laughs> it's, now I feel bad about him, too, because I literally forced him to do it, too. New, new perceptions is, uh, the, is the thing doing it. Well, I can't vouch for the instructor. The Freiburg Fire Department is hosting a Firefighter 1-2 bridge course that actually... Um, starts this tuesday there was a mandatory uh meeting this past tuesday night the seventh or the eighth to sign up and to participate but there is still room in the course and if people still want to do it um, how many how many people did you end up with so far uh we got 12. really mm -hmm. yeah. um so that let's get in touch with either eric or myself and we can get you the registration form um but that is going to basically be every tuesday and thursday with alternating saturdays and the Weeks with Saturdays won't have a Thursday, if that makes sense. And there is an official calendar that the lead instructor is going to get to the tech support person to create an iCal calendar for people to download, and we'll keep that up to date. Right, That's Eric? his objective for this afternoon. Nice. Okay. <laughs> I'm just going to make a couple adjustments. You'll love those IT guys. And then I'll pass it along to you, Chief, so right. you can see if there's any time you want to come visit. <laughs> sure. Why and uh, Freiburg is also hosting uh, a free... MFSI pump operator basic course on April 23rd and 24th. Nice. The classroom is going to be the 23rd, the Saturday, and then uh, at the fairgrounds on Sunday, the 24th, for the practical part of that. But there, that class is actually filling somewhat rapidly. Um, I think the last time I looked, we had 16 people registered, um, and they were going to max that at either 20 or 24. Nice. Um, so that's good to see that. Um, that's exciting. Got to have the pump operators. They are oh, the key do. to the success. Pump skills are something that doesn't get trained on enough, too. And, John, what, what was that class starting off that you wanted to try to get going? That was this fall? What's going on? I'm reading comments and trying to adjust people's mics. The class that you forced us to help you teach. Oh, yeah. When do you plan on starting The that? class that he just canceled two minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> Erase. I'm the dick here. <laughs> Crap. <laughs> now I feel bad, God. Uh, we want to do, well, I guess I wanted to do what <laughs> Dave McLean wanted to do, and I forced everybody else into doing an instructor class, which may be canceled now. But we, I was, I, I can't say we now, because everybody's being dicks, is, <laughs> no, is that... Uh, no, I saw what happened. It was copy-paste. He took the last class we did, added Brian's name, and then shipped it back out. Oh, no. Is that what Clearly, you didn't read it. No, I didn't. I, I changed. It came from you. Of course, I didn't read I it. I changed a lot of it. I know this. <laughs> that's be that's exactly thing. trash can. Like that—that's for me. So <laughs> never mind. It's not going to happen. It I'm is going to happen. Done. We're going to crush it. Done. That'll be that'll, the information in that will come for the podcast. Yeah, there was an instructor class that's now getting canceled. <laughs> 
in the fall, October. I don't know. That's because this is, is going to be making everybody chapter. feel like they don't want to be instructors. I was going to say this is going to be a new chapter in the instructor class. <laughs> how to just handle not right. just saying no. Yeah, I, we'll, we'll let Ed teach the very first one. That way, people can leave the room <laughs> if they decide it's not for them. Uh, yeah, October to February, I think. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it'll be good. So you say we got a bunch of comments. What's what's going Oh, it was mics were too low. I don't think we're up on our mics enough. I don't want to crank them too high because then we get everything, and then yeah. if somebody has to pee, we just heard you flush the toilet. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. sounds like they can't well, hear the side of the this, room. I what used, I did notice is you didn't wash his hands. Yeah. I silenced. I used the silencer on the toilet because we have a big lip that doesn't have water, <laughs> so that it wouldn't come through. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yes, you know, on the toilet, there's a bowl of water, and then there's kind of like a little porcelain lip. If you aim for the porcelain lip, you won't hear the water. <laughs> I got you now. <laughs> it's the silencer. She <laughs> thought you actually had something in the bathroom that just silenced the whole thing. I mean, I have a silencer for my gun. I use the bathroom. Yeah, that's it's, like, it's a cuff. <laughs> Stuff the toilet paper that he pisses you, through. You Cumberland County boys have some seriously advanced equipment over here. <laughs> well, that's right. not the first time I've heard that. <laughs> and now, then. Now that I'm sure Ed is Igor from Winnie the Pooh. I'm okay, guys. <laughs> Everything's fine. Rainy days. All right, the oh, comments are Eric and I have to speak up, or I guess you adjusted our mic volume there. I did adjust it. I'm not sure. Chet. Chet, tell us how we're doing now. Chet. Something French. Charette. There we go. Robert Fire 2. Ah. So is it Charette? That's the same <laughs> that's the same issue we had last time we went live, too. Well, I keep... Uh, this is 12 programs running at once. So we have, we're recording the podcast through our normal recording process. Then through Oof. OBS, we're taking the program that we record with, patching it through OBS with the mic, then shooting it off to Facebook. Didn't you say something about needing an IT guy? Yes. <laughs> Sounds like he's got it pretty well licked, though. Right. So, and sometimes I forget to click the button that says, um, so this is the 16.8, and I've forget to hit that button and then nobody hears anything and halfway through somebody goes hey can you fix the audio like well if it was on (laughs) i could but now it's working it's just some of us are more low are lower than the others all right what what do we have next what do you have uh you want to do the lithium ion funness sure let's do it so that was uh part of one of the presentations this past weekend at the full summit um the was a recommendation that the New York Fire Department has a podcast. It's an official department podcast called yep. NYFD Pro. Yep. And there was a recent uh, podcast on that, so I listened to it on the way home from the conference. The big takeaways for me from that was that full PPP, PPP, full PPE, including masks, should always be completely worn whenever around lithium ion products in a fire scene because they when they go they go so quickly you literally will not have time to reach down grab your mask and try to twist it on if you're with near those because of the the flare-ups um, and the thermal runaway that those batteries can have uh, another tip they had was to if at all possible get the battery into a bucket of water one of the things that one of their probies started doing and that now it's becoming more prevalent in the department is they're actually filling up bathtubs and they actually fit a whole mobility scooter. They just dropped it into the bathtub. It's still gonna be having that, that 
burning in the thermal runaway and it's still going to be off-gassing but instead of spraying a hose on it which is pushing the dangerous vapors that much further you're actually putting it into a uh, controlled body of water to, to get that down um, and the uh, other issue is consider that now every vehicle fire that you have or vehicle accident could now have a lithium-ion incident with you as well too because someone's traveling with a scooter in the trunk of the car it gets rear-ended the battery gets uh, disrupted and suddenly you've got a I, what do they call them now? ICE, internal combustion engine car, yeah. now suddenly becomes a lithium ion. It's not just the hybrid or all electric vehicles. Any vehicle carrying those um, can create a problem. Well, they can be the main battery source for uh, ICE engine too. You can have lithium ion batteries. I had one in my motorcycle, much, much smaller. Oh, yeah. In, um, I mean, you can get We all have them right here too. anyway in our phones. Yep. yep. Headphones, everything. But you can get decent-sized lithium-ion batteries for your car now. Yep. Scary stuff. And the other thing that brought up, which is a couple of years away, is the refrigerant in home cooling and heating systems is going to be going to propane or some type of butane. Yes. Um, and that's going to be a standard in 2025. I don't remember all the details on right. that. Right, I don't remember. I just saw Eric's eyes turn into dollar signs. Oh, yeah. yeah. They make enough. Just make sure you guys learn to trade. Just saying. So basically, if you're doing fighting a fire and you're doing overhaul when the fire is over and you go up and start ripping at walls and trying mm -hmm. to open up and vent, if you break one of those lines, not right now it's got a refrigerant in it, which is certainly a chemical, but it can potentially or, or will have, starting in 2025, propane. Um, so now you've got a flammable, much more flammable gas. Um, and that's also going to be a fire issue and so many people yeah. adding heat pumps with the government subsidizing them uh, it's going to grow exponentially the, the experience uh, exposures we're going to have with those they're always <clears throat> there's already propane appliances like that out there they're just going to be more prevalent now i mean there's some places in our area i love when i teach my propane programs ask them about propane toilets and everybody's like, hmm? I'm like, do you realize that there's a couple of them in the towns around us that are actually active and still being used? And you see the students' eyes just bulge right out because they have no idea. What's a propane yeah. toilet? I want to get off of that before you flush it, I'll tell you that. Incinolet <laughs> <laughs> is one of the brands. Yeah. It's for off-grid buildings. Um, I was so going to say, I have so many questions. Like, <laughs> they, actually, they actually have one in Sebago Historical Society. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You do your business, you close the lid, it trips a sensor, and then it just incinerate your incinerates food. whatever's in there and turns it to ash or evaporates it out the, the pipe. But if there's a sensor issue, watch out. <laughs> Smooth. <laughs> you would think there would have to be like a button that you press and it's not just whenever you close the lid. It just right. <laughs> I think they're all a little bit different, but yeah. yeah. And then there's already refrigerators, like they're in campers and stuff, but a lot of the camps in the area that are off- I say off grid. They have propane yeah. refrigerators and that's, lamps, and that's a big thing. It's, it's in our area because campers, you have that option: electricity or propane. Mm -hmm. For yeah. almost every single refrigerator I've seen in a camper around here, yeah. mm -hmm. has that option. But campers are done anyway. But, You're not going in on that thing. But at least we knew going in that it's yeah. mostly campers or off grid houses, and now we need to be pay attention that it's going to be in every household. Yeah, or the possibility thereof. 
Yeah. And the last part of this is we're with the electric prices from CMP, the rate hike they've had recently. We're going oh, to they, see they increase their prices just slightly. Oh, okay. Um, Not as much as gas. You're going to see more and more people putting up. I think uh, it's a competition. Photovoltaic electric systems on their house, uh, panels on the roof, um, panels out in their field, and. So I know we we were talking about IAR a little bit earlier. Um, they just added that into um, your mark addresses is solar. Oh, that's good to so know. So you can you can go right in there and slap it on a house, or if it's in a field, that way you're going to know right off the bat there's uh, there's solar there. Yeah, and that that's some of the solar stuff can get scary because the you're still producing even if you kill the power to the house those panels are still generating energy yes yep. and even in dark halogen floodlights are minimal 15 to 20 percent approximately but led spotlights off of fire trucks can energize them up to 65 percent yeah um so when you in, in full darkness with moonlight you you'll still be generating correct those, yep. those panels yep. will still and be generating power dc power not ac power right um, and California has much sh more stringent design requirements and code requirements where there has to be a cutoff um, a certain distance away from the house, uh, but Maine doesn't have that. So we're really relying on what's happening inside the location. I know of one commercial building that actually the cutoff is 85 feet inside the basement back where the electric panel is. That's a good plan. So there's no way, if you've got a building on fire, you're not going to be able to cut off that electricity, even if you kill the power from the outside. Yeah. Yeah. What was the uh, structure in Casco where the guy was stealing electricity? Stealing. Remember that call? I think it was with Moen. They cut the power to the house, but there was still power to the house because he was stealing his neighbor's electricity. Oh, I don't, I don't remember. It's easy to do with a set of jumper cables and an extension cord. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's not difficult. Yeah really not safe <laughs> oh well yeah good you want to jump to IAR because you mentioned it or is that Ken I don't I don't have much uh, on it I we, we had a um, we had a board meeting a few weeks ago and we had a rep from IAR and uh, we are way under utilizing all the functions in it um, I'm sure we're not the only ones who are way underutilizing, um, but it's just it's just a matter of of either contacting tech support for for your questions or, or yeah. solutions, and and they're they're super helpful. Um, so I think one of the things that I'm looking at is for the actual radio dispatch, which is it doesn't cost anything. Um, I just need to get like a Raspberry Pi or something set up so that they can get the audio. And then it Cumberland County won't be able to do that for you because Oxford is doing that for. They're doing the two tone direct, direct, um, and Oxford is providing that for us. Oh, really? Yep. So it's just a simple matter of, and that was easier. A couple of departments wanted to get together to do it, and then I am responding said, you know, if we can get your county to do it, we can very simply set them up with one device. Um, so. A lot of our departments in Oxford are taking advantage of that oh, to cool. detect. Well, then I'll, I'll um, follow up with that one then. So we don't we don't have to have the individual computers in our stations. Nice. Um, and the mutual aid aspect is really what I'm pushing next, and we're adding on my surrounding departments. Yep. And as a chief officer, I can see things start to. I, I can see if I'm not listening to the radio all the time, 
the IAM responding gives me the ability to get that alert that something's happening in Bridgeton or Freiburg or Brownfield or, yep. or some of the towns around me. So yep. I may not run to the station to go get ready, but it, I can at least then know to turn my radio on and start listening and see what, where, where it's going to happen. But there was an inst- there was a place that it would have been really helpful because not only do we get the alerts, but we now, once you link your department's accounts, you could see their responding units. Yeah, they're coming in. Yeah. So, on December thirty, uh, sorry, January thirty first, I had a structure fire in Denmark. It was started up uh, four thirty in the morning. I started to have to call out to multiple towns for um, SCBA and engines. Um, that was our big issue, and it was a very cold morning. I'm not going to get into the details, but it's a very difficult fire to to fight. I had called for a town to come, and a few minutes later, my dispatch center came back and said they told me that they had limited staff. Okay, what does that mean? They told me they had limited staff. Okay, cancel them and get me this next town. In the meantime, I found out that they had seven members that were responding. So there was some miscommunication between two dispatch centers coming from that department. If I had the iron responding up with my command vehicle there, I could have seen that there. here's a list of Sebago people that are either in route direct or in route to the station. Yeah. And that would have given me that, that information. Yeah. Um, and it's ne- the next steps down the line, but that's what I'm setting up with my engines. The, each one of my apparatus now has a tablet. Yep. And you can, a chief officer can literally assign a vehicle to go to this water supply. And if you have your dry hydrant or wet hydrant listed in your I am responding app, you could directly assign them and send them a message so they'll get like a GPS location. So it yep. pops up on the screen and they just have to follow um, the, the, intro, the map instructions there rather than the, do you know where Richard Snow used to live before his house burned down next to the old oak tree that got cut down? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's a half mile before that. <laughs> we can try to do yep. away with some of that. Yep. What you're hearing now is people downstairs. That's uh, how sensitive our mics are. Yeah, I can hear that. Yeah. It was a little distracting to us for a second. Uh, yeah, I need to figure out why. IAR has crashed on my phone, and I've tried to reset it like three times, and it's not working. So <laughs> that's, my, your, that's my only input for my AR. But have your administrator resend the credentials. I tried that it's, once. Yeah, it's a very they have very high security, so it's a very particular password, and the all the information like our town. Our agency name is all capitals, and it must go in exactly as all yep. capitals. Yep. But yep. once you can get jump over that hoop of knowing your alphabet, Ed, um, <laughs> it should be okay. Yep. I even uh, used our station's computer and copied and pasted it to make sure, and it still wasn't taking it for whatever okay. reason. But, and then when I hit reset and send it to my email, it doesn't pick up. So something's disconnected there. Okay. Um, it's been an ongoing issue. <laughs> Other than that, I'm a huge advocate for IAR. Uh, like Chief said, we way underutilize it. Once you start picking around at some of the features on there, if you ever get, I mean, obviously you have it, uh, but for those of that are listening, that if you have uh, administrative uh, permissions on there, if you poke around and see some of the stuff that that can do, it's really impressive. A lot of people don't even realize that it has full NIFRS reporting. Yeah. Um, so that you can actually use that. Um, it has expiration dates not only for your personnel certif- certification expiration dates, but um, 
fire extinguishers, Narcan. I mean, you can put anything in there as far as an expiration date and get automatic email reminders sent to whoever you designate. Um, it, 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 for what it offers, it, it's more than just simply a paging, an online paging system. Yeah. Um, Even as far as just adding uh, water sources, took a long time for us to realize that it could do that, and then when we did, it's like, wow, that's that's awesome. And then it's so another thing about I am responding is that it is only as good as the buy-in from people. So like you were just saying, you know, you had seven people en route to a station, you would have known if you had I am responding or I am responding in, in set up the way you wanted it to. That's true if those seven people signed on to I am responding. Correct. Because I've run into that before where, you know, we'll call for, it, it will be something simple like a car accident where I really only need one apparatus on the road, two apparatus on the road, depending on the severity. And, uh, we'll call for another town next thing i know there's six people we're taking three trucks and it's because i didn't have any feedback to know that i had six people coming you definitely need the member buy-in and it was a slow process for our department but once they realize they don't have to wonder who's coming or do i have to wait for this person and it actually makes things go smoother yep. um we're starting to get that buy-in but you've got you've got to get that member buy-in because if people aren't engaging with the system, then it's just the system that's there, not really interactive. It's not even buy-in. It needs to be pushed by the administration. Right. Like I, I mentioned last podcast, and we talked about it a little bit, there's towns that use it as a payroll item. So if you don't use it to sign on to that yep. call, you don't get credit for going to that call. So they kind of enforce that you have to use it. Yep. Uh, going back to the hydrants, uh, Again, it's how much a department wants to put the effort into it. But the hydrant app, the hydrant tool that's in there is not just simply here's where the hydrant is. You can do flows out of it, too. You can right? do the flows. You yeah. can do the um, the uh, size of the pipe, the uh, where the thread goes. So if you have two people responding to an engine to go set up water supply, the passenger can be looking at that going, okay, I, now I know I need to get my 4.5-inch to 6-inch adapter out. They can That can all be prepared so when they hit the scene... It's not getting out of the truck and then trying to figure out what's going on. But the departments really need to take the effort to add that, in, that data into the field yep. um, to be in there. Fun stuff. Right. Anything good? Something exciting happening downstairs? No. We didn't know about it? No, he, he just went in the bathroom and tried John's technique. <laughs> I did, too. <laughs> give, that a, give that a whirl, no pun intended. <laughs> did you have anything to say about IAR? Nope, just uh, I need to get better about using it. Um, I, I have started adding landmarks and that kind of stuff. Uh, I've actually put in all our boat launches in the town. Uh, just if we have that, if we have that where we need to have multiple boats coming in, they know where to go. And Oh, this is slightly off topic, but um, do you have your boat launches, uh, trail crossings for your ATV and snowmobile trails? Um, actually have addresses on them from your e911 addressing officer yes good yep. okay our boat our boat launches uh, most of our public um, access areas are are addressed uh, um, just that, makes it that much easier yeah that's becoming critical because now that dispatch has that address people can GPS rather than trying to figure out where the trail crossing between Rocky Knoll Road and Denmark Road is yep. for the snowmobile yep. trail they know that the number and they can put it into their phone GPS and get you there so yep yep, um, yep. Yeah, just need to get better at using it, that's all. 
Is it? Yeah, Is yeah. that it? That was the last thing on our list? You wanted to talk about your radio project, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, we, end of uh, this past year, uh, our department was very lucky in getting a generous donation from Poland Spring. Uh, they sent us a letter and asked us if we needed some help with the department for the end of the year. And one of our previous meeting had been the challenge of the radios that we have. Uh, we have a lot of different portable and mobile radio models, different manufacturers, which when it comes to programming, it makes it that much more difficult. Um, also difficult to train because each radio you pick up has some different idiosyncrasy. This one has a knob for channel selector. The other one has an up and down. And we said it would be really nice at some point to upgrade so we have one mobile radio and one portable radio um, that is going to be intrinsically safe um, and also have some firefighter safety built into it as well because a lot of the radios that we have has, I don't know what the technical term, but it's an infinite channel selector. Mm -hmm. You just keep spinning yeah. it around, and when it reaches the end of the programming list, it just goes back to number one, but there's no tactile feedback on it. Yeah. Um, so we uh, had a list of wants that we had, and then suddenly get this email out of the unexpected from Poland Spring, who has a bottling, uh, uh, so not a bottling plant, but they have a well in Denmark, and they've been a really good corporate uh, uh, community member. Yep. And uh, so they wound up giving us $25,000. Very nice. Um, so we uh, replaced uh, all of our mobile radios with a Motorola 3500, which allows a 16-channel bank. And what we've done is we programmed channel 1 and channel 16 to be our operations channel. So if someone is in trouble, they're stuck somewhere, if they can reach that knob and just twist it one way or all the way the other way, and that was a tip I got from uh, Freiburg Fire Chief. Um, we did the same thing, but um, so channel one is our primary on repeater, and channel 16 is on talk around. Okay. For the simple reason that if you're inside, you might not hit the repeater. Yep. And so, uh, that's what we've done. We put it directly to the direct channel yep. just to be on the yep. safe side. Awesome. Um, and we've never really used banks before, and that was a bit of training that we've been doing over the past month or two, but we're finding it now f to be really helpful to limit our scope of scan banks and mm -hmm. be able to focus and not have to spin through three counties worth of departments to be able to get back to our own um, and the uh, mobile radios so both the portables and the mobiles are all bluetooth uh, built into them so we're able to get uh, remote wireless speaking of speaking of oh lord not me <laughs> It's already okay. starting, Ed. It's already starting. Yep. We're shifting. Um, so it gives us the ability to leverage what is typically aftermarket. Like Firecom uh, is an example of an aftermarket that you connect headsets and repeaters to your apparatus radios. By having the Bluetooth built in, we can leverage that without having to go to the aftermarket. Um, so yep. uh, we've got... Uh, long-range wireless microphones they're not bluetooth um they're they connect to the mobile radios in our um, rescue truck so that we can just grab an our one of these microphones clip it onto our jacket and then you be able to connect back to the more powerful 55 watt truck mounted radio rather than having to use our our portable on scene nice and then we also for each of the three pumping apparatus i've got the hearing protection headsets that fit underneath the helmet um, that are also bluetooth 
um, so that they don't have to worry about fighting wires and, and everything else. Yeah. Oh, this is about to go off. Sorry, folks. I'll, I'll sit on it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, we, they, they actually wound up giving us more than we had asked for, which was really nice. Even better. Um, so that's where I was able to uh, get those tablets set up in each one of the apparatus and a rescue truck. And I also was able to get a Panasonic Toughbook that is now connected with our county dispatch system so that oh, I can, nice. it, it's already, I've only had it for a few weeks, but it's already working where I'm either in the office or I'm driving around and I see that the call comes up. And then while the operator's getting the information to be able to code it for EFD or EMD, it's three or four minutes before the tones actually drop, but I'm yeah. actually, be able to be en route to the call even before we officially get toned out for it. Yeah. Um, so that, yeah. that's going to be helpful. And uh, just for other fire departments uh, anywhere, but especially in this area, T-Mobile has a program called Connecting Heroes where they offer free uh, phone service, which gives you unlimited calls, text messages, and data um, for cell phones. And you can actually, uh, they're committing to do this for 12 years. Nice. Um, so if you can either purchase the phones or maybe get some donations from people who have a phone that's compatible with their network, um, you can put them in your apparatus and put the I'm responding on there. You can put other fire-related apps um, and, and have them be able to get even telephone calls if their phones aren't working. Nice. Um, we don't have the best T-Mobile coverage in, in Denmark right now. The west side of town and the north side of town is fairly good. The uh, East side and south side of town is almost non-existent. But one of the other things I've leveraged is I've downloaded the Google Maps offline data set for basically for southern Maine to, to southern New Hampshire um, so that someone can, even if they don't have cell phone service, they can still use Google Maps to be able to navigate. Not so much in Denmark, our folks know our own town, but when we get called to a mutual aid call two towns over, not knowing where that is, so we're able to still, yeah. still leverage that. Nice. Um, so it's a way of, even if you have to buy a $200 uh, unlocked cell phone, you can get that free plan and get that into your apparatus. So I, cool. I think it's, even for small departments, it's really hard to say that's too expensive, that's too high tech for us. Yeah. Um, now that the, and AT&T also has some programs in Verizon, but the T-Mobile one is completely free. It's got to go through the municipality it's not an individual can't sign up for it yeah um, but I, it's something that I feel that towns really should be department should be investing in that small amount to, to give that extra hmm. level of technology support to their their apparatus free is good free is easy to sell right <laughs> yeah <coughs> for sure free 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 <laughs> <Right. laughs> awesome what else you guys got? Anything? We have any uh, viewers have any questions or uh, no. comments? Or? I think we had audio issues and we lost some. Uh, but uh, we're working on it. Maybe next time we'll finally have the live thing down. Number 20. Right. One, the big 20. Mm -hmm. So I think I got it figured out now. However, I'm not getting any feedback. But like I said, I'm going through my DAW to a basically a broadcast um, application that's broadcasting it to Facebook because I can't go directly from the DAW to Facebook. You need something in between. Or I wouldn't be able to record it and post it on the podcast platforms. I mean, if I anybody knows how to do it better, 
please let us know. I got to give you some credit. I mean, the first podcast, you had to hit the red button and the black button at the same time to start the tape recording. And here we are, 19 podcasts later with all this stuff. I mean, light no. years. Light well, years. Right. The podcast, we, we took uh, like Audio Techna. Audio Technica 2020s, which are made for recording music, yeah, from my house, and we both and we all tried to record that way. But literally, with those microphones, they're so sensitive. We'd like hear a squirrel fart like <laughs> a mile away, and they didn't work. And then we eventually invested in these dynamic microphones, which are a little less sensitive, but they're still they're still pretty sensitive. Still pretty sensitive. Now we're broadcasting live and. Hopefully, within the next episode or two, we'll have that figured out. <laughs> awesome. Yikes. We need somebody awesome. that we can call so we can be like, hey, we're broadcasting. Can you hear everybody? Versus waiting 30 minutes for somebody to sign on and be right. like, oh, by the way, I can't hear so-and-so. Mm-hmm. Oops. Yeah. I forgot to hit Details. the button. <laughs> Details. So do we awesome. have anything else? Are you okay? I'm good. All right. Feel better? Still need lunch. I'm about to throw this watch too. I've got oh, <laughs> somebody's watching yet, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> well, if it makes you feel any better, the snow has slowed down a little bit. Yeah. Great. It's it's bit. much more fine. Mm-hmm. Not the big fist-sized flakes that were coming down earlier. Tarantulas. That means it's getting colder. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. So, anything else? I don't have anything else. You guys got anything? Yeah, that's good. I think we're pretty well, almost two hours in. Yeah. Yeah, but thanks for having me back again. Appreciate it. Absolutely, John. We got to do something for our twentieth. What do we do? I don't know. We've tried to do something for Christmases, and that never worked. So, are you Eric talking? Is, are you talking Eric. like cupcakes, or what do you? Where are you yeah, getting? Because Eric wouldn't put on the Santa outfit, and no one liked my ideas. Nobody wanted to do anything special for Valentine's Day. And oh, no, that's, that's not a real holiday. That's not, well, yeah. I want to see some feedback. I want, I want the people that are listening or that even take a couple seconds to give us some ideas. That would be nice. Yeah. yeah. I want to hear from people instead of just you guys. I'm sorry. I think now they're nervous yeah. that they give us feedback and we're going to call them in. Well, yeah. Um, I'm not nervous. <laughs> I'm here. I know. That's why. I guess next uh, next guest is Chet, since he commented. If he wants yeah. to come in, he's more than welcome, I think. He's uh, Freiburg Fire 2. Yep, yep. assistant chief. He needs to come in then. Yeah, who else can we have? Special 20. Well, it's going to be right around Easter, so I think we should get Eric in a bunny rabbit outfit. Yes. Do not toy with my emotions. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to get him in a Santa suit, and he said no. See, Ed, you know the burnout stuff you're talking about. <laughs> you don't feel you're just, you're just tired of being a signature character, huh? Not only do they want me for my signature, they want to wear a goddamn costume, <laughs> too. One, first off, you said they only want me for my signature. Now we're trying to get you to dress up and do fun things, so you can't say that anymore. <laughs> yeah. No, I can't, but still, I think I should be used a little more to my, my like, and I don't remember taking a class on wearing a costume. <laughs> It's part of different presentation styles yep. in, in your education. You got to do visual. Right. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Let's end well, hey, this thanks before everyone. we get in the furries. Yep. <laughs> yeah, right. All right. Thanks, everyone. I wasn't trying to go bus. there. Yeah. <laughs> and but glad yeah. Thanks, bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs> <All right. laughs>